hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. But as many lenses have a prismatic effect, each one of us is sitting in a chair, and from that chair, we will be discussing the topic of today from that slice or perspective in the Christian apologetic. To my right, I have Josh. Hello there, so good sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself? <clears throat> better than I deserve, as the Ramsey would say. So yes. you're sitting in the chair of theology today, aren't you? Yes, sir. I am sitting in the chair of theology. Dealing with the why we believe what we believe. Sola Scriptura. Mm-hmm. Hitting at the Satanist. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Okay. And then to his right, we have Miss Nikki. How are you this morning? I'm awake, I think. <laughs> I think. Getting the coffee in. Yes. Yes. Getting the <laughs> coffee in. On my way here, I was... I. I had that moment with the person driving in front of me. I said, I need more coffee. No, wait, no, no, no. I need more spirit. I need more spirit. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's a bad excuse. Today, you're sitting in the chair of philosophy. Yes. Dealing- so you've reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a frenetic morning. We were all talking so much about the topic. We, we said, you know, time to turn on the, the mics and yes. let's get going. Good but morning, by the way. Good morning. Dealing with the rigor that we must bring to theology. And to her right, we have Mr. Charlie. Good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing a lot better than I have been over the last couple weeks. Very, very good. All right. So Mr. Charlie has been uh, under the weather, but he's back in action. We're back, and only for today, and then I'm off again for a couple weeks doing a training class, and I will not be able to participate, so I'm bummed. Training because approved workmen are not ashamed. Amen. (laughs) Amen. But I'll be back. Very good. We are going to miss you. But you're sitting in the chair of politics today. Yes. And a very interesting topic here. Oh, it's going to get fun. Yeah. It's going to get fun. What role does the government have in this? Yeah. But then again, the government's involved in education, so it gets kind of interesting. So dealing with the political nature of our faith, and to his right, my left, we have Mr. Steve. Good morning, John Arthur. How are you doing today? Doing well. Glad to have you on, sir. And well, thank you. And you're sitting in the chair of? Culture. Dealing with the counterculture that we need to bring to the culture that uh, spins out of, you know, it's everything's an entropy. And yours truly, Jonathan, I'm sitting in the chair of Christian Economics, and uh, we debated recalling it the chair of education, but we don't have to because really, think about it. What is the most valuable thing that you have? Your salvation? your character slash honor, and your posterity. All of those are under assault today. All of those are under assault. So if you read the title to this podcast, let us go ahead and dig in. But there's there's two sides to this, right? But before we do, I I want someone to go ahead and and get the article from USA Today. They had to fact check this because, and and I love this, this USA Today article. It's fact check. Actually, yeah, it it was correct. So could someone go ahead and get that article for me? Do you have that? Yep, I've got it. Thank you, Mr. Charlie. All right, you want me to go ahead and start reading some of that? Okay, so the... uh this is a, a really interesting topic and interesting for two reasons. Number one, if we quickly recall what had happened at Christmas time in Illinois uh, with the display of a um, satanic thing, uh, if you will, next to a manger scene, that caused quite a stir. And this one, also in Illinois, 
Um, this is the, the work, and here's what the fact check was. After school Satan Club meeting at Illinois Elementary School. So we've gotten two, two of these in a very short time. An Illinois school district is drawing attention online amid claims that an after-school Satan Club is meeting at an elementary school there. January 13 Facebook post shows a flyer advertising the club at Jane Addams Elementary School in Moline, Illinois. Decorated with a cartoon devil, the flyer advertised science projects. You heard that right. Science projects puzzles and games, arts and crafts, and more. The flyer begins with a sentence, Hey kids, let's have fun at After School Satan Club. So, let's skip down a little bit. Yay, we get to do puzzles with Satan. <laughs> puzzles with Satan. <laughs> the real puzzle is, why, uh, why are we doing this? No, but in all seriousness, let's go down... Just one. Uh, uh, I'm I'm at the idea behind oh after school Satan clubs. Is that? I, I was thinking we offer. All right. We offer an alternative club to religious indoctrination programs across the nation. Everett wrote in an email to USA Today: the clubs are not a religious indoctrination program, nor do we teach about religion or offer religious opinions. After school Satan clubs uh, is not sponsored by the school or the school district. Okay. I might add real quick, it's also, the school district is also not sponsoring uh, after-school Christian clubs either. This is all bold-faced lies in a major way. And, you know, it's funny, we were just joking uh, a moment ago, but let me tell you what image comes to my mind. Hey, kids, why don't you come and play with us in the pit of rattlesnakes? That's what this is really doing. So I don't think that the that the government is actually subsidizing any Christian clubs. Correct. Of any sort. Correct. And neither are they Satanist clubs. They're providing a forum and a host. But the 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 question here is is this child abuse? And by the way, the left says that Christian indoctrination is child abuse. Yes. And by the way, I I, I just want to drill down here i want to say that's the ultimate note in gaslighting we have a satan club we are not indoctrinating anyone or influencing your view in any way by having this club about a figure from the bible then we're promoting it do you guys see the mm -hmm. sure the switch yeah, makes absolutely <laughs> it's the ultimate in gaslighting that <laughs> Miss Nikki, you were telling though, and, and this leads to an interesting article that we that I, wa I want to bring up. It's a, it's a hit piece on good news clubs, which we'll talk about in a moment. But before we get too far down the rabbit hole, I want to talk about the Wapo post. But you were telling us an anecdote about a friend before we got on mic about someone who uh, claimed that they are they were spiritually abused. Yes. Well, she came from a very, uh, it was a very good family uh, home. She was very close to her parents. Um, her mother, they were homeschooled, and her mother was very, very active in getting them involved in many activities. Not just going to church, but, you know, when you're homeschooled, you don't have the resources uh, like a public school does. So 
her mother spent a lot of time taking them to um, events and things that they could be involved in. It was, it was very surprising to me that she got into her uh, mid-30s and all of a sudden she broke off from her family and started a blog talking about how she was spiritually abused as a child because of Christianity. And I, I, I was there when she was growing up, so I don't, and I read the blog and I, I just am confused over her perception. But uh, she feels that what she was taught was a mental abuse. So I know people who've been actually abused by their parents in the ministry. I know people like this, mm -hmm. people who were hit and said, nope, wrong answer, try again, slapped, wrong answer, try again, like like that sort of, like the, the negative stereotype of an Asian, but with Jesus, right? So I get that. I get that. But if that's not present... And it wasn't. What you're talking about here is someone who is actually buying the cultural lie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I've said this before. In Revelations, or I, I could be mistaken, but the spirit of delusion that will be sent, that people will believe a lie, I believe is already starting because people are believing things with no justification at all, no foundation, but they'll believe it so, without question. Great video on that, by the way, recommendation. The Antichrist of Black Liberation Theology. That's a topic for another day, but oh, that video explores that topic pretty deeply. That's going to be, you know what, tee that up. That'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one. we we got to get Mr. Herman in here, though. So on that note, let's go to the WAPO post. And so the first thing that a lot of people are going to say is, well, you're going to whine about the, the atheists, you know, doing the Satanist club thing. What do you guys have? Well, we do have something. But before we read that WAPO post, I just want to note the good news clubs Let's talk about them and what they actually look like. But there are, as of 2011, I couldn't find a more recent stat. As of 2011, according to Wikipedia, there were 3,500 good news clubs in the United States, approximately. There are approximately 87,000 elementary schools in the United States. Those are elementary schools. Just think about that for a moment. So we don't, we barely have, what, 5%, mm -hmm. give or take? Mm -hmm. so, John Arthur, it also must be noted that, <clears throat> excuse me, that this satanic temple is only targeting schools that the Good News Club is in, not schools that it's not in. Yeah. It's a counter. It's a mm -hmm. counter. And it's exactly going, what it is. They're going for the kids. They're going for the kids. And by the way, let's be clear. We're going for the kids, too. Yes, we are. <clears throat> but our objective is to change lives for it's the better. sake of salvation. Mm -hmm. We're not here to gaslight and to and, – and, and some of these Satanists aren't Satanists. They're just atheists. But I'm going to let Josh dig into that. I want Josh to go to the WAPO article because Good News Clubs get it, they have this name and this branding – but watch who is purporting to tell the gospel and preach the gospel. Watch them closely. Go ahead, Josh. Let's, let's get into some of those deeper segments from that WAPO. 
Yeah, so this WAPO article entitled, A Conservative Christian Group is Pushing Bible Classes in Public Schools Nationwide, and it's working. When you look at this article written by Julie Well, or Weil, she, and like I said, it's a pretty lengthy article, she talks about these four public schools that were in Kentucky, but they're also across the nation, but specifically in Kentucky, that were starting to offer Bible classes as electives. Now, once you read the article and you read about some of the things that they're teaching, like, for example, I'll read this quote. A lot of people will, this is from the gentleman who leads the classes, a lot of people will look at the Beatitudes and glean some wisdom from them, he told the room full of students, pointing towards the famous blessings he had posted on the board. Some of the best-known verses in the Bible, I want you to think about what kind of wisdom we can get from these today. While Steinbergen was urging students to draw lessons from the Bible here in southern Kentucky, students in Paducah, halfway across the state, were reading from the Gospels as well in a classroom where they drew pictures of the cross and of Adam and Eve walking with dinosaurs, hanging them on the walls. Now, that's just some of the stuff that they're doing. But when you go deeper into this article, uh, what, what becomes boldly apparent is that, first off, the person writing this article is not in favor of this view of having these schools. That's, that's the, one of the very first things I gleaned from this article. But just from the actual information that you gather from this article, the... There are people such as the ACLU who are pushing back against this idea and trying to suggest that this could be unconstitutional because it's not a separation of church and state. But if you actually read the Constitution, there's actually some basis for having classes or talking about the Bible. But something that gets me from this article is just how much tiptoeing you have to do to appease the government. And I'm thinking to myself that this is a very non-bold, non-courageous thing. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like we're not able to stand on the fullness of Scripture. We're not, with, with the way it's currently set up, in public schools at least. You can't do that. I mean, mind you, you have this teacher later in the article, if you want to scroll to the end of the article, who is actually handing the Bible to people, who is telling them to download a Bible app, uh, and she and she's teaching them about the word, and she's teaching them about things that are alternatives to evolution, such as creation, the biblical view of creation. And I really like Maggie Dowdy's testimony. If you can kind of go through that, I think that's important. But it shows how we're we're. we're uh, Maddie Coomer, you meant? Maddie Dowdy. Maggie Dowdy. Where's Maggie Dowdy in this article? Uh, she's at the bottom. That's Maddie Coomer, I believe. Are you talking about? I'm t- okay, so go ahead for right now, and I'll catch Maggie Dowdy before we get there. Okay, but yeah, got you. But there are some people who who said they do benefit from this class. Some students who say they benefit from this class. But I do think that their response for how they do benefit from the class is is interesting, just because some of them, it's it's almost I don't know it's it's. I'm not going to say it's not intellect. It's not intellectually or not intellectual, but it really does make it sound like just some stories, and that creates some hesitancy. And so, what you, where you see this hesitancy play out is you see this one student at the very end of the article who gives her account of the classes. Yes, and she says that the classes don't do her any service. And I thought her inter- her her explanation was interesting. And here at the very end of the article, it writes. 
Only Katie King, 17, expressed doubts about the Bible in a discussion one morning. I took this class to see for myself if this is what I wanted to follow and believe, she told classmates. My parents are so religious, they push it a lot. Pause. Let's go up and give the full testimony of this one segment because you're, you're bringing something out good. I want, you to, I want you to chase that thought down, but real quick. This is about the class and the opportunity that, that they have to learn about creation versus evolution, specifically. And, and that's the one that uh, uh, Katie King is referring to. So mm. Maggie Dowdy, when yeah. asked about this, said she picked up the course because she thought it would be easy. After all, she knew the Bible from church. When the class got started, the very first Bible story, the story of creation, she was glad she had chosen it. Here at last was the story of human origins that she believed in, not the and the author of WAPO says the facts of evolution that she'd been taught in her high school science class. Thank you. I can see your bias there. Yes, yeah. exactly. But she goes on to say, I started learning about evolution. I thought, that's not true. Here's what I believe. I just kind of pushed it aside now. I know what I believe in. It's just something the teachers have to teach us, but no, I believe in creation. Other students echoed her. We've always in science learned that perspective uh, via being evolution and the Big Bang. This class allows us the other perspective. Mm -hmm. Then Katie King. Then Katie King comes around. And sorry for for glancing over Maggie Dowdy there. Cannot can't forget that. Stress the importance of that. This person appreciates an alternative view to the evolution that is pushed so heavily in public school. But then you have Katie King. My parents are so religious, they push it a lot. The Bible per se, some things I'm just like, I don't know said King, who acknowledged that she is often an outlier among her peers because she supports abortion rights and likes reading New York Times articles about politics. Like, one thing I don't get, that people who are good people, genuinely good, nice people, have good intentions, but because they don't believe in God, they're doomed to hell. I can't accept that. I cannot accept that. She hopes to find faith or to understand her lack of it, she said, but she is no longer sure that her Bible classes can offer her an answer. And that's how the article ends. And, and you know, this... This goes to the heart of what we have said before on this podcast, and I, I want to bring it up one more time. There are four key questions that people will typically ask themselves at some point in their life, sometimes more than once. Where did I come from? Where am I going to? What is the meaning and purpose of life? How do I reconcile right and wrong? And Katie King I'm sorry to say, has has missed it. Whether that's because of the way that her parents are living the example in front of her, I don't know. I'm not going to cast a judgment there. But the bottom line is this. Katie hasn't seen it yet. I would say that the milk-down version of Christianity that she <laughs> sees in the world is at least partly to blame. Everyone has totally agency. Agree. Everyone has agency. You're not purely a sum of the uh, inputs. But the question here is now, there is an opportunity to get into public schools, but you're looking at what that one fellow was actually doing, or rather the lack of rigor yeah. he was applying to the Scripture. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of tiptoeing that has to go around. You can't—the thing is that the public school and the way that 
that Satan tries to twist the way he uses public school in this regard. He tries to water the gospel down so that you are deceived into thinking that this must be the real gospel, this watered-down gospel. But it's just because that's the structure that has been Im- implemented. Exactly. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to step in on what exactly what Charlie was talking about in regards to Katie not getting it in regards to her parents. Um, you know, parents, and I've seen this um, and in reference to what Nikki was saying also uh, about the, the lady in her 30s, how she said she was abused, mm-hmm. religiously abused. Even though she's brought up, her parents did this with her, and then she turns, she takes this blog, and she's all of a sudden now she's talking about being abused. Now, I've seen it myself where parents have done so much good for their children, and then all of a sudden these kids get out in the real world, they go to college, they get into the real world, and this is where culture comes in and influences people from different angles. Man, you got so many things coming in from different people, from different angles. You've got, you know, Satan is attacking you because all of a sudden you don't have this family bubble around you anymore. And you see what kind of foundation your faith was based on. Exactly. And, and I think Katie's, that's the whole thing right there. Katie doesn't have a foundation. And that's, that's the sad part. You're not, and, and for those of you that are listening that, that are, are not Christians, you don't necessarily follow Christ and you have no interest in that. Please make sure you understand one thing. The Bible says, if you shall seek me with your whole heart, you shall find me. That's what God says. So if you think that you're going to show up at church or an after-school Bible club or wherever it is, and for a, a few sessions, you're going to get it, you're not. You are deluding yourself. If you want to find God, he will be found because he's not hiding. It's an issue of your heart. What do you want? That's the issue. And right now I can read this and I can see Katie doesn't, she doesn't want to. And, and quite frankly, she, she comes across as a girl that can't wait to, to graduate and be out of home. Yep. Because look at what her parents are doing. And, and I'm not faulting mom and dad. Please don't misunderstand me. But as a parent, you want to make a compelling case to look at Christ. At the end of the day, your child has to make that decision. You can't force it on them. You know, you are exactly right, Charlie, because when you get out into the world and you're dealing with the, the culture of the world, you look back on to let you know how susceptible we are to Satan, regardless of how strong your faith can be, because when you look back all the way to the beginning in Genesis, Adam and Eve walked with God in the Garden of Eden. They walked with God. It's right along with, they walked with him. And then 
all of a sudden, they fell to what? The deception Mm -hmm. of Satan. Mm -hmm. They were made with the hand of God. He breathed life into them. (sighs) Breathed it. The ultimate um, of ultimates, breath from God. And they walked with him. I mean, think about that. Walking with God in the Garden of Eden, the people who actually had life breathed into them and made with his hand from the dirt of earth. Hmm. Think about that. But they fell to the deception of Satan. That's a lot of power in someone. And, and you know, and, politically and, and speaking, like Satan. there's when you look at this from a political perspective as, as a Christian, your first thought might be, okay, well, we need to make sure that we elect us leaders that are that are Christians only. Well, okay, yeah, that that would that would be helpful in that regard. But the reality of that is is probably it's not going to happen. So then the next issue becomes do we do we allow Satan clubs? Do we allow after school Bible clubs? Do we I mean, to me, this is no different an issue than what we see in the public school system when it comes to teaching evolution. I have, and this is not necessarily popular with some folks, I have no problem with evolution being taught in school. Have at it. Just remember to teach creation and put them on equal ground. And when it's done, that person that's listening will be able to make the right choice. And so that's really Man. where I don't have a problem. And, and again, people are going to freak out. Christians are going to say stuff like, we should outlaw the Satanist club. We should do this. We should do that. No, no, no. No, no I don't. I disagree. We should expose them for yep. what they are. And on yep. that note, mm-hmm. on that note, Mr. Steve actually has some tenants from the, uh, is this the temple? Yes, this is the Satanic yes. temple. The Satanic temple and the Satanic church are two different entities. They're two different entities. Uh, But the Satanic Temple, I want you to go ahead and grab part of that article, or rather, part of their tenets. Yes. Now, they've got seven different tenets, and, you know, there's various different things they talk about, but the telling one is the seventh tenet that they have. This number seven goes like this. Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Now, think about that over the written or spoken word. Now, which do you think is the written or spoken word that they are referring to? There's only one written or spoken word that was handed down to Moses, and that was from God. Now, just like Satan does, excuse me, Satan always and always has been the great deceiver they're going to tiptoe around without coming straight out and saying exactly what it is that they're doing. That's they're going I... to tiptoe around it. 
That's why I talked about the pit of snakes issue earlier. Exactly, because Char. there's there's nothing but lies in this. This is full on, all out deception. Exactly, and people need to see that. Exactly. And, and I just want to kind of drill down to a little bit of the philosophy. I want to throw one over to the philosophy chair because there's a very interesting fallacy that is sitting here. Every tenant, you know, of their six tenants, one's body is inviolable, struggle for justice is ongoing, freedoms of others should be respected. So they have all these written tenants. Every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Hmm. Well, what, 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 there are a couple fallacies here. Do you, do you, do you recognize them? Are you ready to, to, to Well, this is where part? I'm thinking is without the spoken word, how do you get wisdom, compassion? It comes from within is their argument. It's whatever your emotionalistic in the moment feeling leads you to. But then we have the problem of good versus evil. Not everybody is going to have the same level of compassion. Is it compassion to want to ban abortion to save the unborn child, or is it compassion to allow the woman to have the abortion? Now we get back to good versus evil. What's your definition of good? What's your definition of evil? Remember, Hitler and his people thought they were doing the world a service by getting rid of the Jews. They thought they were doing the world a service by all those scientific projects they were doing to people. Horrible things. But they thought it was for the greater good. If man is just an organism that needs to be perfected, why wouldn't you cut out the cancer? If everyone has immense individual worth, then one life is too much to pay for the advancement of a scientific uh, uh, breakthrough. Those two values are in direct contradiction. One is a moral absolutism and the other is a moral relativism. Correct. And this in itself, that's why I have no problem with the Satanist temple. Just spoiler alert, just, just spilling the end here. I have no problem with the Satanist temple coming out as long as Christians get off their butts. And, and that that's it, John Arthur, right there. Having more of the after of the after school Satan clubs, maybe it would wake some Christians up in the churches to start doing something a little bit more to impact the culture around them. Because we, we don't believe in nonsense, Josh. <clears throat> yes. I was just gonna bring up the the what Nikki was going about about the greater good. What is good? When you look at what Katie King said at the very end of this article, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of things to glean at this article, what she said, the very beginning of the statement. Like one thing, I don't get that people who are good people, genuinely good, nice people, have good intentions, but because they don't believe in God, they're doomed to hell. So something that I think of immediately is that the homodiology of this person, they don't view the sin problem correctly. That's right. It, absolutely right. right. It, hasn't mm-hmm. been, it hasn't been propositioned forth. And, and soteriology and that affects the, and, and that's what I was going to say. So your homodiology affects your soteriology because you don't see the need. Define those terms real quick for oh, yeah, those yeah. who don't so know. So homodiology, the study of sin. Soteriology, the study of salvation. And so because you have a homodiology that doesn't view sin as a problem and you think people are naturally good and there is no sin nature, you then 
don't see the need. You don't see a need for salvation. Yeah, you don't see the need for salvation because it's already given to you because you're a good person because of what you did. And then that affects your what? Your Christology, your study of Christ, because you don't have it. Because so, so the way you view sin is going to affect the way you view everything else. And so, by the way, I'm gonna, by the way, uh, let me, the, the church ahead. has lost. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no. The church has lost the narrative. <clears throat> We've lost the narrative. We've allowed sin to be redefined. I think what we what we've done is we focused on sin and not understand, we don't understand the meaning of sin. Sin is a military word that means miss the mark. So when we're trying to define good and we're tr- we miss the mark because we miss God's character, okay? So when you're defining good, God is all good. So when she is saying that People with good intentions, they're good people, and yet they're condemned to hell. It's not, she's basing it on human goodness. She doesn't understand God's goodness. God cannot allow that uh, sin or miss the mark to pollute heaven. Well, it's not, it, it, it's it, not it, that the, the person is is a vile, horrible thing, is that God is so righteous and so holy that we cannot bring a lower standard into the holiness of God. I would, I would make the argument, I would make the argument, and you look at some of the Greek Orthodox Church, they have some of this argument as well. You going to heaven would be hell in the worst possible way with an unregenerate, unsaved heart you going to hell or to heaven would be hell in the worst possible way because you you know you look at the prophets they fall to their knees and say i have seen god i am undone they know the consequence of being in the presence of god with unclean lips with an unclean heart mm-hmm. i go back to the the garden john arthur to, to further your illustration when adam and eve took of the fruit what does it say and they were naked and we're ashamed. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what you're talking about. Part and of oh, they see it, yeah. and they see it. Yeah, exactly. They see it. They definitely see it. And and part of the beauty of God's love, we talked about this on Wednesday night when we were when we were out getting food. The beauty of God's love is not that He is forced to love you. That's not what makes it beautiful. What makes it beautiful is that He loves you because He loves you. It has nothing to do with you. His love it could not be impacted by what you do. Washer used the word immutable. It's immutable. You mm. can't you can't change what God's love for you is. And and then I pose the question, which is a greater love? A love for someone who constantly disobeys you or a love because you have to love them? Wow. Mm. Great question. Great question. So I want to go ahead and now that we've laid down the framework of what we're talking about today, I want to start throwing this question around the room. Let's start with the why, then let's start with the why not, why not allow the satanic temple to do what they're doing, but I want to start with the why they are doing it. Theologically, Josh, we're in a battleground, and even if you have these people, Mm -hmm. so this is really fun, some of these people are trolls. Oh, yes. Yeah. So some of these people are definitely trolls, and they go overboard with this. Well, you know, they got the Christian club over there. Why so can't we, why have, can't we have a Satan club? Well, 
here's the thing, right? It's like what we were talking about. Well, we kind of addressed that point earlier, but going to this point of separation of church and state, because that's really what a lot of people are hitting out at the fact, like, why are we allowed to have these clubs and teach these things? And let me tell you, that's not what the reformers meant by separation of church and state. Well, right save, it, save, save it for the political chair, because we'll get into the federalist when we get there, but it has nothing to do with what they think. Why do you keep using that word? I don't think it means what you think it means. It, it doesn't. But theologically... Are these guys falling? It, 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 we should pity the Satanists, should we not? Oh, yes. I, and I want to say, I said something at the beginning, and I would like to retract it. I said it kind of in a joking way, hitting back at the Satanists. It's not really hitting back at the person of the Satanists. It's just hitting back at the idea of Satanism and what its end goal in, in trying to, what they're trying to accomplish is. And so... No, agreed, agreed. But are these people not captives of war and they don't mm. even know it they don't even know that they've been taken captive oh, by yeah. an ideology that they think they're playing a game mm-hmm. they think they're they're owning the uh, uh the trad cons if you will they think they've got them but really satan satan is using you you are living out the lifestyle of Molech. Yeah. You are living out the lifestyle of these ancient gods. Go to Second hedonism. Timothy. Go to go, Second Timothy. Everyone, go, go to Second <clears throat> Timothy. Going to this topic of being used as a, as as someone who's caught in the snare of Satan, caught in this trap. Very ending of Second Timothy, verse twenty-two. And also run from anything that stimulates youthful lust, and said, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. So, hey, by the way, we've got to be patient with these people. Uh, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. We've got to gently instruct them. We have, perhaps, God will change those people's hearts. And they will learn the truth. Then, verse 26, they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. That's what I hope for Katie. Amen. Amen, Charlie. Amen. Yes. So when you see this, and, and we were doing a Bible study last night in, uh, in Titus, when you see people, the, it says the word rebuke. In the Greek, that word, the actual word escapes me, but the, another rendering of that is admonish. Mm. When you come to someone, admonish them. We're not to be the people, you know, when, when James and John said, Lord, shall we call down fire from heaven and destroy those who've, who've cast aspersion at you? He looks at them and says, you don't know the spirit that you're from. You don't know who you are, do you? We're supposed to come to people as servants, firm in the word strong, steadfast, but as a servant admonishes a master who's wrong. They hadn't gotten it yet. They hadn't gotten it yet. And by the way, uh, can I just say, I, I regularly don't get that. It's hard. But moving over to the chair philosophy. When Christians do not have a good philosophical backbone and framework that we've laid down, when we've had this lazy Christianity, and again, I'm, I'm going to say that, and I'm, I'm pointing at myself right now, by the way, yes. just, just to be clear, where it's so easy to just take 
take the milk on Sunday and not even try to get meat. And then we send our kids to, to Sunday school. Then we send them off to 40 hours of indoctrination. Mm. Mm. Philosophically, what should we be doing with our kids? What should we be doing to inoculate them against this? Well, one thing, if you're a young parent, you're always looking for the rule book. What do I do next? What do I do next? And Charlie and I um, were, were saved when we got married, but we didn't have a lot of biblical knowledge and a lot of spiritual growth. So, but one thing we did have is we did have a heart that really wanted to serve the Lord. And I think the, the best thing you should do is you, everything, every, all change starts with you personally. You have to really examine yourself and where you are in the Lord and how you present that to your children. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's, it is a, a lifestyle of grace, a lifestyle of making mistakes and showing your mistakes and apologizing to your children or being upfront about your mistakes. It's being real, um, and it's showing the power of God. My children, my oldest son, CJ, likes to tell the story of the prayer book that we had. And one day we had morning devotions like we did every day, and we opened up the prayer book, and every time a prayer was answered, we highlighted it in yellow. And we went through the book, and we showed all the prayers that had been answered. And it was like a new air conditioner for the house. It, three Suburbans that were given to us because we had a lot of kids. So they actually got to see God in action. Do you, you understand what I mean? Absolutely. They saw God in action, and it was, it was always one of the things I used to tell them is give people room to be human. Hmm. Give people room to be human. When you, they can see God in action in your life, you have less to worry about. So just paying attention. I mean, actually paying attention because God is there. Yes. God is, yes. is here. He's showing himself. He's revealing himself. What we have to do is actually seek him. That's really what it comes down to. And that's why I say he's not hidden. He's, he's not there. hidden. So let's talk about the political aspect of this. Why? Do you think that there are large groups who are very, very much political in nature? Some of these same groups are the ones who are going and trying to get down uh, nativity scenes taken down. You know, the Satanic Temple, Church of Satan, they're very much interested in destroying the Christian uh, influence in the political sphere, in the town square. What do you think the end goal is for this? I think there is one major push, and it's it's happened over the years, but it is all out on right now, and that's a competition to get the child. And it's it, it, it's even more than that, is it not? Though you look at the people who are in the highest places of leadership. Now, this is where I put my Alex Jones voice on and go full full bore. Oh my gosh! But 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 look at it. You've got people like the head of Dominion Voting Systems, who is a Satanist. He has Satan. He has the same. Ta- he gets. This, he's the same tattoo artist as the head of the Satanic Temple uh, uses. These are people who have an agenda. Yes. And if you read what they actually put out, their their uh, uh, their goal is to their eliminate goal, God. 
their end goal or their, oh my goodness, study revelation, what eschatology, their eschatology is the anti-revelation. You have to deal with the wrath of God as we fight this final war. Save yourself. Those who are strong enough to preserve to the, or uh, who are who are preserved to the end by their own strength, they will be involved in the new rebirth of Gaia. Like, I know that's some trippy garbage, but that's actually what is taught in some of these temples and churches. They're they're part of the new world order. They want to see the Judeo-Christian world torn down. Remember what Satan did at the fall. What was his whole thing? I will ascend to the Most High. That has not changed one bit. Oh yes, he's been he's been struck down. He's been cast down. He knows his fate. But his overall goal is to take as many with him as possible. This is no different now. What is he looking to do? He's going to ascend above the Most High. He will be the Most High. His, his goal is to push God out of the way and make him lower than himself. Absolutely. And so just to cover, just to cover the idea of separation of church and state, that is not in our Constitution. It's not in our Bill of Rights. It's not in the Declaration. The only place you will find that is in the Federalist letters. You'll find that in letters back and forth, and you look at— It was taken out of context in those letters. <laughs> correct. It was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists saying that there was a wall of separation between church and state, saying that the church could not be interfered with by the— state it wasn't the other way around and by the way each state at the time had its own state ordained yep. churches yes. yes think about that for a moment this is yep. take these words in the context of the time so when people say separation of church and state i know that's the 12th commandment behind uh, uh number 11 be nice um but it's 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 not, not god ordained no. it's not there it's not, it's not only unbiblical, it is actually not part of our government. So, hi, Winston. Yo. How's it going? <laughs> Doing all right. How are you all? Doing well. Glad to have you on. So you're filling the chair of culture while uh, Mr. Steve gets some coffee. Yep. I wrote a lot down. Oh, my goodness. Um, he has a tome. Just this huge book. Yes, a very large book. One might say it's a volume. So, Chair of Culture, why do you think culturally they're going after our kids in school? Because we've made our kids available. Very good uh, answer. I, I would very agree with that, and I'd even take that a step further. We're looking for robots. The, Let uh, them roll. Let them well, roll. Well, another thing is... Uh, like how you stated earlier that the uh, the church doesn't want this to happen, or some people at church say, no, 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 we need to ban this, we need to outlaw this and all this. Well, that's because you don't want your sloppy teaching exposed. Ouch. Oh, Ouch. Man. Oh, man. You have a very... Uh, Holy well, cow, I mean, he's been loading fact. up over there. We, we have a very surface-level teaching for the children, and once they've gotten past college, once they've gotten past uh, being with mom and dad all the time, and now out in the world where you have an undue amount of uh, influences... Now, oh. Now they can't defend. No, now they're ready for meat. 
uh, go to the college career class, the young adults class, um, two months, and you're good to go. Yep. Yep. That's just simply not true. Um, we're not <laughs> kind of like what you said about how Maddie Cooper's missing the point or, or something like that. Well, one, she has a foundation. It's just built on sand. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, who's I'm gonna blame? I'm gonna put the fault on the parents, because ultimately that's what your job is—is is to be a foundation tester. The only reason I don't lay it on the parents fully mm-hmm. is because it's quite possible that she's just totally rejecting it. Potentially. And, and but to your point, if they're not giving her the opportunity to really learn it, then yes, mm-hmm. that that's on them. If it's one of those do this because that's what I said, you, you've screwed it up. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Look, people have free will. People have agency. Yep. But, if you, but if you start intentionally, that significantly, that puts them on the best footing possible. Let yes. me just say, though, when they are old, doesn't mean that they won't go out and explore and let me just say this because we talked we talked about the young woman who in her 30s what God was doing this is really is a good thing she never got it as a child she played salvation but she wasn't saved mm. so now which is good in a sense because now it's out who where she really is and where she really stands as a mother I would look at it now I know how to pray I I've been thinking for all these years that you were you were saved and you were right. Now I realize you were not. And that changes the way I'm going to pray for you. So one of the prayer things, and I don't want to take all your time, is I ask the Lord to interfere in the lives of my family. And one of the things that, you know, it says um, uh, in John, uh, a pray for their prosperity and, and protect them from evil. I can't quote the verse offhand right now. Um, but one of the things when I pray for the Lord to pr- protect my family from evil, I say, protect them from the evil that lives within them and bring it to the surface so it can be dealt with. Mm. Amen. So we need to talk about the mantraistic soteriology that has invaded the church. Oh, my gosh. Where you say a mantra, and that is your salvation. Muhammad is uh, uh, the is prophet and praise Allah, whatever, and 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 then you're a Muslim. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I'm 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 saved. It's like no 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 no. There's there's a meaning behind those words. That I, I'm I'm not saying that that you have you have to do anything. It is monergistic. God does come down by Himself, reach down and touch you. That is that is how it goes. God owns it all. But there is it. If you don't understand what you're what you're saying and what you're doing, are you really are you really in a relationship? I mean, really. Oh, preach it. it. God, 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 God has God has grace. God has grace, and that grace is wonderful. And, and I'm not taking away from that, but just it's just a thought that we need to be aware. Some of these kids get out of church and they have this idea that they're saved because they said some words. Or they had an emotional experience. Or they had an emotional oh experience. By the yeah. way, don't don't members of every faith have an emotional experience? We have so many people. You know, you want to talk about Malcolm X? He had a he had an incredible conversion experience when he converted to Islam. I know Josh is dying to say something here. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, <laughs> 
because because this is this is Josh's beef right here, but Josh and Winston, but uh, I, w- I, w- I want to pull back to Winston if if Winston is able to. If Winston is able to, because I know you had something that you were reading there. Oh yes. Uh, let's see. Where was I interrupted? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, also. You have to understand, especially like whenever you're teaching, especially when you're a parent, because ultimately that's that your child is going to be one of the ultimate forms of accountability right there. Amen. And you have to realize that one, you need to have a personal accountability and understanding that God is seeing you in the act. The um it's it's wonderful to have accountability with others, but ultimately that's not going to be a hundred percent. Because one, you're going to forget things, you're going to leave things out, you're going to be fleshly. Because I mean, you're a human. You're not going to be perfect. But you have to. You need to understand that God is watching you a hundred percent of the time. He's got eyes on you. He's got tabs on you. He's not. He's not going to miss something. You're not going to be able to trick him and leave something out. And I think that's. Largely, well, there's several other places that we've messed up, uh, quite a few actually, um, that the church needs to understand. Um, I mean, we, we definitely, especially like whenever uh, the, the lady that was abused, um, I think that was a church instance. We're talking about someone who says that she was spiritually abused okay. because they gave her sal- the doctrine of salvation. Okay, well, that's that's... That's not quite what you thought it was. You came no, in no. a bit late. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That, that's that's a bit much. Um, but there are, and here's a fun fact. Um, I have a friend who used to work at a church, and fun facts are usually not fun, and this one isn't. Um, that churches are one of the highest, or, or one of the highest ranked in employee abuse. Mm. Mm. Now, if that doesn't wake you up. If that doesn't want you to get to know your leaders more, it should. You need to know who's in the pulpit on the, on Sunday mornings because his job is to equip the saints to do the works of God. Most of us just cheer him on as cheerleaders while he's the football, the star football player. That's not how it's supposed to be. He's the coach. We need to stop putting that... Um, one, undo burden and not correctly placed burden on him and start putting it on ourselves. Amen. Amen and amen. Yeah, that's the whole, yeah, if you if you want a leader, I'll be honest, going to that point, you might as well just subscribe to Roman Catholicism at that point. Ouch. Because that, that's essentially what you're saying when you elevate the, the pastor to right. that level of degree. You're exactly right. You're, it's like what they do with the bishops, and it's like what they do with the priest and they do with the pope. Well, because they because they 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 essentially say, well, no, it's only designated for certain p- people. When in fact, no, the Lord has made it to where you are supposed to be the every priest. Every one of you, you but are the priest. L- let's be careful because we. I don't want to unnecessarily categorize someone else's belief. When you have people who put more value on the church leadership than God's word. When That's the well Pope stated. has the authority over the Bible, I know many Catholics who, and 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 I know Josh wasn't saying this. I know many Catholics who believe that the Pope can say what the Pope is going to say. The Bible says what it has said. God wrote the Bible. The Pope does not have the authority to override the Bible. 
there are a lot of people who believe that, and they're in Roman Catholicism. Hey, man, I would encourage you to get out of that then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But but I just I just want to make sure that we, we make that clear. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you are believing that man can somehow counterman God. And so, okay, I'm going to bring the chair. I, I think, but just to kind of tidy that point up a little bit, the point that, that Winston was bringing up is spot on right. We have put our pastors on a, in pedestal. A, on a pedestal on the wrong. We've placed an undue, that was a great phrase, an undue burden on them, one that is not theirs. And one that is not sustainable. That's right. And, 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 and you have this, this view that the pastor needs to grow the church. We need what to. Are doing? What the, are you the, doing? Well, well let, let me say this. What is the Spirit doing in you? What have mm-hmm. you allowed the Spirit to do in your life? today that is really the question because ultimately it's not about what we do our our job as christians is, is we are given one command and everything else stems from it submit 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 Man, and that's the hardest thing that's the only response to god's grace submission so from the chair of economics i said i was going to get into it let's talk about it why let's look at this really quick when you look at how Things are structured. God told us to reproduce, go forth and multiply. That wasn't just a physical thing. God is a God of creation. He made us creative beings. He made us people who want to produce people like us. Satan has always been in the job of counterfeiting what God has done and co-opting what God has done. What greater victory can Satan win than to co-opt the children of God's children? And you know what, John Arthur, Nicole, Winston's sister, just posted something here. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read this. This is a great paragraph. I lightly skimmed through that page, and it looks like they have the same aim that the uh, Satanic Kids Club had. They advocate empathy, protestation against injustice, etc. Do they believe that Satan cares about these ideas? He loves corruption. It seems like they don't even know the one they worship or care about him any more than a school would their mascot. Why even do they bother to bring the enemy into their club slash religion? The Satanic Temple just sounds like a group of liberal humanists who romanticize the devil. Wow. Very, that is, that is very well good. spoken. Of course, from the culture chair, Nicole's not even here, but rocking that culture chair. Yeah. And, and that's really what Satan does, though, doesn't it? He, he always comes in and he always co-ops what God has created, what God has done. He wants to come in and take steal and destroy mm-hmm. God's good work. So, guess what? The more you try to stamp out something, the bigger it grows. So instead, so instead, no, so instead of stamping out the Satanist temple, why doesn't the church start to grow? Yep. Because persecution is coming. Persecuting the Satanist temple will only make them grow. And I, I, I like the way that Andrew Clavin said it, just in wrapping up. When you give the devil 
the power of the truth by shutting down the lines of information you have given the enemy something as christians we should be open and we should be playing with our hands open with an open deck because we have the winning set we don't care we should not care. We should be playing with the open deck because we understand. We, we've read the end of the book. We know how this ends. If you have good eschatology, you know that in the end, God saves us all, all of those who love him. So why don't we go about his business of winning others? So Satan wants to destroy that. So instead of clamping off the satanic temple, some people are, are probably livid about this. Instead of saying no to those clubs, go down to your, your school if you have the time, if you're able to. Some of us work, right? But those of you who work uh, flexible hours or can volunteer, get involved with something like a Good News Club or start something better. Because by the way, the Good News Club kind of milked down. Just, just saying. Start being intentional and put your mouth where your money is or your money where your mouth is. You see, always mess those up. With that said, thank you so much for joining us today. Good podcast. There's a lot of stuff Good to topics. go. I know Josh would love to get into more. We need to go ahead and make this a two-hour podcast sometime. That'd be fun. But but for now. Uh, oh, there, you enjoyed, man, you want to talk about a lot more to talk about. If you, <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and uh, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. We're, we're barking up closer to 19,000 downloads. Thank you all so much for your, for your downloads you. and your listens. Well, thank you. We'll have to do something fun for 20,000 downloads. We'll have to do something fun. I don't know what we'll do. We'll figure that out. A study we'll, we'll, we'll on the number 20,000. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk numerology. about sacred numerology. Oh, no. But um, actually, go ahead and tell us down there if we missed an argument today and you think uh, that we could have done better. Go ahead and tell us which, which chair you're arguing from. Put it in there. Uh, and if you didn't like this podcast, well, Jesus loves you. So we're even. <laughs> Thank you so much. Y'all have a wonderful day. Yes. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. If you're still here, we either put you to sleep or you did enjoy the podcast around the room. <coughs> do you think that this is going to spur the church to more action? Or do you think more people are just going to sit there and curse the darkness and do nothing about it? Great question. Really great question. I do. I'll be honest. I don't see the. I don't see the church. Let's make it start with us. Let's make it start yes, with us. I, I think it will. Yes, yes, start yes. with this room. I, I, I do think it will. If we see more and more of these come up, yes. Start mm-hmm. with this room. Start with this room. Winston. An object of motion stays at motion. An object or, or an object of rest stays at rest unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. Dear Lord, may this be a swift <laughs> kick in the pants well, for the church. Yeah, well, the issue is the church is an immovable object. Ooh. Hey. Ouch. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, remember... Satan loves puzzles. Jesus loves you. (laughs) Okay. And then Mr. Steve. Personally, I believe that if it continues like it is, I think people will make a move, but people have have a tendency to get lazy. Amen. When things are, or should I say, I don't want to say things, but when people get lazy, things develop. When this satanic temple starts to kind of increase. I think the Christian people that are devout and see it developing are going to make a move, but it will only be these people that are going to make this move. It starts with us. The people who listen to this podcast 
start with you. Start with you. Change your church. Get a movement going. Go talk to your school. Be part of it. And Not the way, to say the word, people, but the ones that have the heart that is circumcised. Mm, make sure that you're living in full submission. If the Lord is calling you to a ministry and you've been wondering what it is, this might be it. Consider that. With that said, we love you, beloved. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Yeah, see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.